Welcome. This is episode 27 of the Radical Simple Living podcast. And this is the second in the series about simple health. Last episode, episode 26, was the first part on health. And this is the second part. So you don't have to listen to them in order, as you know. You can do exactly as you please. But this follows on from some of the ideas in the first episode. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I should tell you I'm sitting here in the kitchen of my homestead here in southern Sweden, in the forest. And I'm sitting here with a fire crackling away in the background that you might hear occasionally. Uh, a few cats in various states of repose around the room and a cup of tea. You don't have to have cats or a crackling fire to listen, but a cup of tea or a cup of coffee is a really good idea. Now, it sometimes it's spring here at the moment. Every morning is uh, pretty cold still, waking up to temperatures of minus six, seven, eight, that's degrees Celsius, uh, for which I apologise to all Americans listening, but Fahrenheit doesn't work well with me. Um, and by the afternoon, it's quite sunny and warm. So uh, whilst it's still too cold to plant out anything here, the indoors is bursting with seedlings ready to go out when the time is right. And there are other signs of spring. Yesterday I saw my first snake of the season. It wasn't <laughs> on the ground. It was in the mouth of one of my cats that then took it under the barn with it to eat it, a small viper. And I wonder which one of them was going to come out from under the barn, either the cat or a very uh, enlarged snake. But it was the cat and he was OK. He didn't come back until the next morning. Presumably if you eat a whole snake, you need to sleep it off for a while. I don't know. OK, now last episode we spoke about health and we, we said that really health is your responsibility that looking after your body, whilst if things go seriously wrong, you may need to employ a professional to help you. Most of the time, for normal body maintenance, you have to trust yourself. It's your body, you have to look after it. So rather than rushing to the doctor every five minutes, just try and look after things yourself. I don't think this is unreasonable to do. I think it's what people have been doing for thousands of years. Now, I'm not talking about serious illness, which you need help with. I'm talking about the old bit of backache and sore throat and all those things. I talk more about those everyday ailments. Um, some of you out there might be quite young still. I don't know. Uh, but if you are, one of the things you need to know about getting older is the number of petty little ailments you get all the time increases and uh, you need to be able to know what to do if those things happen to you. So we'll talk about that later on. We also discussed how lifestyle has a major impact on your health. And the best thing you can do for your health is avoid um, smoking, uh, avoid using illicit drugs, drink in moderation if you want to or don't drink at all, and eat sensibly. And all those things are what everybody tells you. So it's not just me, it's the whole world is telling you to do those things. And I'm sure most of you don't. But if you are having a health problem, looking to your lifestyle 
is probably the first thing you can do to make it feel better. And I know and you know what it is that makes you feel ill. And so if one of the eating too much sugar, smoking, drinking too much, all of those things, you know they make you feel ill. So try and do something to alter them because you're in charge. You're the boss of your own health. So that's important. We also discussed in some length about sugar and salt and how if you can reduce these in your diet, you're doing yourself a pretty good favour. And we went on to say that all kinds of meds, whether they're prescription meds or over-the-counter meds, are to be avoided if possible. Now, some of you have medical conditions that you cannot avoid those things, and I'm not talking about you. You're free to carry on doing that because that's what you have to do. But for most of us, we can avoid those things, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that some more this uh, episode as well. Right, let me say a word about exercise because health really is linked as much as it is to diet and those things that you shouldn't do, like smoking and taking drugs. Health is also linked to exercise and exercise is free. Now, I know in recent years, exercise has become something else for people to sell you, hasn't it? Once upon a time, if you wanted to get out and go for a run, you get out and go for a run. If you wanted to go out and do some work in the garden or you wanted to go for a, you know, a long walk or you wanted to do some skipping or some, you just did it. But then all of a sudden it got taken out of our hands and we had to go to a gym where somebody would advise us what to do and tell us all these things. Well, if you want to do that, it's fine. If you want to join a gym and get advice from a, a professional there, it's fine. But you don't have to. As far as I'm concerned, and I'm here selling simple living, nothing else. I'm not selling any products. I'm just selling simple living. As far as I'm concerned, exercise should be free. Just like thinking is free. You don't need to go and ask somebody how to do it. Exercise is free too. Now, you might need some advice on what exercises to do or how to do them or what you need to get going well turn to the internet go to youtube there's a whole load of people there offering exercise programs sit down with a cup of tea and look through a few of them find somebody you warm to and listen to what they have to say and if you want to start doing some step aerobics or you want to do some gentle weights or you want to do um, some stretch band exercises all of these things are wonderful. They will make you stronger. They will uh, help you fight depression. They will keep up your hormone levels. They will help your body adapt to changes that happen to it. And they will generally help you eat better and sleep better. Now, a lot of people, even that is too far. But, you know, you get exercise in lots of other ways. You can get exercise doing housework. You can do exercise if you cycle. Uh, to work if you cycle to the shops if you walk briskly to those two places that's exercise if you're gardening that's exercise if you're doing all sorts of things you can build exercise into your life and of course it's old-fashioned advice but one of the things you can do is stop using those devices that stop you exercising and um, if you need to uh, go up the stairs climb the stairs 
you don't need to use the escalator. The escalator is there, but there's usually some stairs nearby, so you can do that. And we, we, we have an English issue here, because the word I'm going to use now is lift, for those of you that live in UK and Ireland. And if you live in North America, it's an elevator. I'm not sure what they call it in Australia. Perhaps somebody will tell me whether you call them lifts or whether you come elevators, because American English split away from UK English. It wasn't even the UK at the time, was it? Many centuries ago, whereas Australia has had lots of, of British migration to it over the last century, which meant there's always a new influx of English speakers from UK and English words. So Australia tends to hang on to more UK words than America has done. So I'm not sure if you use lift or elevators, but either way, using a lift or elevator is no exercise. Unless you're very tired or you're disabled or you're heavily pregnant, almost any other reason, you can use stairs unless it's uh, some enormously high building you're going to, of course. But you can look for ways to exercise in the day. You can speed up your walking. Um, a lot of advice now to elderly people who walk very slowly is try walking faster. Do it safely. Here in Sweden, people walk uh, you see people in their 80s or 90s walking all the time and they do it with these sort of Nordic poles sometimes where you walk along and you, you like ski poles but for walking or sometimes they do it without but they do walk and whoosh they're, they're gone um, I shall be working at the front of the house uh, on the garden and I see an elderly couple walking my way and then I hear a rush of wind and they've gone past me they're so fast um, so speed walking is very, very good for you indeed. But you also need to concentrate on those core muscles. And the only really way you can do that is by stretch bands or weights, something that's going to make your core exercise because it's those muscles in the abdominal area that tend to suffer most from modern life. And just walking or just doing this or just doing a bit of that isn't going to help with those much. Well, it's a little gentle weights is fine. You can you can buy weights very cheaply, almost anywhere. Five kilogram or three kilogram if you want something lighter. Stretch bands also very cheap. Buy them. You could probably, for less than one month's gym membership, stock your bedroom up with a few of these things. You need an exercise mat, some stretch bands, some weights, and you can go ahead. A YouTube a channel to help you. And you will notice the difference. If you start doing this three or four times a week, within a month, you will feel so much better. And not only will you feel better, you'll actually be better. So exercise is good. Okay. Now, I, I want to tell you about a theory I have now. And um, those of you that studied psychology at high school or at university will know about the psychologist Maslow. Ah, yes, you say, you all know Maslow. You probably all had to write a letter about Maslow at some point or another. And one of the things, Maslow wasn't just a psychologist. He had lots to say about all kinds of issues. He's a very interesting man, there's no doubt about it. And he gave us a little saying, which is really attributed to him. 
and sometimes it's even attributed to somebody else um, and you may have just seen it as a random meme at some time, point on social media but this is it and I can I can assure you Maslow is the man who first said it he said to a man with a big hammer every problem looks like a nail to a man with a big hammer every problem looks like a nail now when you go to see your doctor your doctor is a woman or a man with a big hammer and their big hammer is the pharmaceutical industry you go in with something and they think they've got just the thing to treat it and it is a big hammer whatever drugs they prescribe for you they're not things that your body tends to process naturally. There's something alien to your body and anything alien to your body that you can't process in the normal way is going to cause some problems. The problems it's going to cause is A, your stomach may not like it. B, your intestines may not like it. C, your liver probably won't like it because it's something it's got to break down, that it's not used to breaking down. And many of your other bodily systems and organs may not like it. So there is no such thing as a prescription med that doesn't have any side effects. They all do because they're such unnatural things. If you're taking things that are simple um, proteins, carbohydrates, or even simpler than protein, you break down the, the, the proteins into single amino acids. If you're taking vitamins and minerals, as long as you're taking these within reasonable amounts of uh, dosage, uh, your body knows how to process them and can process them. The same thing goes for herbs. There's a, there's a few exceptions of some herbal remedies that you need to be very careful about. But a lot of them are just vegetable matter, that by eating them, um, you're not going to do your body any lasting harm because your body knows exactly how to process them. There are a few exceptions to that, and these are poisons, and we'll talk more about those later on. The same thing goes with diets. If, you, instead of going to your doctor to reduce your cholesterol with statins or something like that, instead of that, if you try to reduce the amount of saturated fat in your diet, you try to eat more fibre, you try to eat a more plant-based diet, you will reduce your cholesterol just as well as if you're taking the statins. And while statins have side effects, eating properly doesn't. There are no side effects to eating properly. There's side effects to overeating and there's side effects to undereating. But to eat properly, there are no side effects. Unless, of course, you have some particular allergy to a food substance and that makes you... Um, obviously very careful person which you have to be but for most of us altering our diet to improve our health isn't going to cause side effects taking big farm products will now I said last week that if you have to take them you do and there's those things you should say to your doctor about keeping the dose low and how long do you need to be on it and what are the likely side effects are going to be but what I'd like to propose today is that instead of looking for that big hammer to hit the nail with, in Maslow's little proverb there, um, we should be looking at little increments. We should be looking at doing things bit by bit. 
And let's give you an example. Now, I, I come from a family where people have suffered from bad headaches. My aunt, who died when I was very young, used to have to phone up the migraine hospital in London whenever she felt a headache coming on and they used to send a taxi to pick her up and she would go to uh, the migraine hospital and they would wire her up and measure what was happening. She was a, a major research object because she used to have the kind of migraine headaches that would turn you blind and stop you talking and were incredibly painful. My father too had migraine headaches and one of my daughters has migraine headaches. Now the obvious thing if you're somebody that suffers from migraine or suffers from any headaches, migraine's not the only headache, there's lots of them. There's cluster headaches, there's tension headaches, there's all kinds of headaches you can get. A lot of them are visual, of course. The temptation, because a headache can be so debilitating, is for you to go and look for that big hammer. For you to go to the doctor and say, doctor, give me something that's going to get rid of this hammer. Uh, get rid of the hammer, get rid of this headache. And the doctor will say, I've got just the thing and will prescribe you something. And you will go away and take it. And chances are it won't stop the headaches. It won't be that brilliant cure you were hoping for. It might lower the intensity of the headache you get. It might reduce the frequency of when you get the headaches uh, and it might make some of the symptoms better if you're nauseous with headaches or if you have visual impairment it might help with those things but the side effects might be terrible and as well as side effects there's also withdrawal when you come off a drug if you're taking a drug that helps reduce the incidence of your headaches presumably you don't want to stay on that drug forever and so there will come a time when you want to come off that drug and when you want to stop taking it. And when that time comes, what are going to be the problems then? A lot of people find that when they stop taking these things, they get even more headaches than they had in the first place. So instead of just curing the headache, it's made the headache worse. So we mentioned last week about um, H2 and um, uh, H2 pumps and proton pump inhibitors on the digestive system, stop you getting gastric reflux, stop you getting indigestion, and they work, they're wonderful, but when you stop taking them, the indigestion comes back twice as bad as it was before, uh, because your body is just producing loads of acid, which is what it's been trying to do all the time you were taking those tablets. So finding a drug that works isn't always the answer to your problems, unless you want to stay on it forever which I'm afraid to tell you is exactly what the pharmaceutical industry wants. They want you to stay on the drugs forever. They want to draw nice straight lines on their projected sales figures. And if they know that every new patient they get is going to be a patient for life, they're doing very well. And they're rubbing their hands together at the profits they're going to make. I'm not saying everybody that works in the pharmaceutical industry is an evil money-making person. Uh, but the companies as a whole, the corporate pursuit of profit is the thing that really drives them. So what's my alternative? Well, my alternative is this. If you get bad headaches or bad indigestion or bad backache or bad period pains or almost any one of these things, try and make a list of 10 things 
that make it feel a little bit better. And then, if you do all of these 10 things, it's going to make it a whole lot better. Let's talk about headaches again. Now, if I get a headache, I do various things, one of which is I drink more. Now, if you're looking at rehydrating, it's a very good way to overcome a headache. And you can rehydrate with water. You can rehydrate with uh, uh, a cup of tea. Uh, a cup of tea, actually, believe it or not, is just as effective as water and rehydrating it. Some say it's even better. Tea also has caffeine. And caffeine sometimes helps headaches. Not for everybody, and too much caffeine can give you a headache. But sometimes a little bit of caffeine helps. So there's two things, fluids, caffeine. Fluid might help 10%, caffeine might help 5%, I don't know. You also, if you're taking in water, need to keep your electrolytes in balance. Your body doesn't cope very well with just water. It needs to have salt with it because your body fluids move about by the transfer of fluid between salty solutions. So in addition to... Um, taking water you may need to take something like salt or uh, uh, an electrolyte drink or something like that you you might want to eat a bag of oh it's a second linguistic thing here you might uh, like to eat a bag of crisps if you're British or a bag of potato chips if you're American same thing same language different words again Australian as New Zealanders I'm not sure anyway let's let's move on that might make a difference too. You might want to go and lay down in a dark room afterwards. That might help 10%. If you can, if your employer doesn't want you to do that, you might like to tell them what the alternative is, which is you go home for the rest of the day. So they might be happy for you to go and lie down somewhere for 10 minutes. You may find that wearing dark glasses helps. You may find wearing a hat helps if you're working outside, keep the sun out of your eyes. You may find that rubbing some aromatic, if you've got nothing else, fixed vapour rub, um, uh, tiger balm, a little bit on the temples and a little bit on the forehead might help. It does for some people, it doesn't for others. You can do that. You might indeed find that taking a herbal remedy for your head helps. Fever few is something that if people say, I think of you is just a common garden plant. You might have some growing very near to you. And it grows all summer. I have great clumps of it growing around in various parts of my garden. And what you can do is go out with uh, two slices of bread and butter and pick some fever few leaves and eat them in the sandwich. And they do have a remarkable effect on your body. What they do, many headaches are caused because the blood vessels going to your brain constrict. And when they constrict, they cut off the oxygen going to your brain, and that's why you start to get a headache. Now, that simple drug um, is able to act as a very mild vasodilator. It opens up that blood vessel, and that may be enough to help you get rid of the headache. Uh, there's there's a few other things. Butterbur is another herb that works in that way, which you might try. Now, don't knock it until you've tried it. But, you know, those two drugs, um, Feverfew and Butterbur, do work for a lot of people. 
and they have had some you know don't go taking herbal remedies just because you've read a, a 17th century copy of Culpeper or something look up get yourself a modern source um dr axe axe on on the internet is very good on herbal remedies um get yourself a good book on it and just see what research has been done to find out if these things work i'll tell you another very common vasodilator it's alcohol alcohol dilates the blood vessels going to your brain and while too much alcohol may give you a headache if you've got a headache and it wasn't alcohol induced you might try a shot of alcohol not if you're driving not if you're still at work not if you're doing something that you can't drink alcohol when doing um but if you're at home in the evening and you've got a headache i would recommend you try a shot either on its own or in orange juice or something like that of vodka now the reason i say vodka is because vodka has got alcohol in but it hasn't got lots of the other things other alcohols have in whiskey and wine and um all of these other drinks and beer to some extent will have aldehydes and ketones and, and, and unless you're a chemist you won't know what those are but they're things that aren't good for you. your liver needs to get rid of them um your liver needs to get rid of the alcohol too but vodka is fairly fairly pure alcohol the purest palatable alcohol and a shot of vodka might help on top of the other things on top of the rehydration and the salt and the butter just try the vodka and that might help too if you can find enough little things that make your headache better and if you write them down and have a sort of rank order of what helps the most next time you get a headache take out that list and start to do the things on the list take the take the fluid first take the salt if you need to on the electrolyte um, try dark glasses try laying down in a darkened room try do all of these things. Now, I'm not promising because this isn't a big hammer recipe. I'm not promising that that is going to make your headache go. But it could incrementally make your head a little bit better. And if your headache is 70% better, maybe you've done seven things that make 10% difference, then just maybe that will allow you to function and carry on and work your way through the headache until it goes some people find a nap helps very much as well if you can do that it, again it depends where you are not while driving please don't be driving drinking the vodka and having a nap and telling the uh, telling the officer i told you that's not right now you, you not may not be a drinker and you may object to the idea of vodka but let me tell you all the way through um the 19th century when people particularly in north america who were a long way from anywhere if they needed medical treatment most families kept a bottle of medicinal alcohol just ready for when they needed it and if you need it as a medicine and you take it you're not indulging in drink for pleasure you're just helping yourself feel better and get over a particular problem so don't feel bad about that consider it now the same thing goes for indigestion or gastric reflux. If you don't want to take those uh, proton pump inhibitors or, or the, 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 the hydrogen uh, inhibitors, just try these things. You might find that taking charcoal helps. Charcoal absorbs gases and absorbs acids. That may help. Get yourself some activated charcoal capsules. 
They are not absorbed, they only stay in your gut, so they're no problem. Peppermint may help, but when I say peppermint, that's oil of peppermint, which if you can get in a capsule form, may be very effective. Some people find peppermint tea very effective. You could try that. Some people find if they get these things at night, that propping themselves up in bed, an extra pillow behind you, a couple of bricks even under the the, the headboard legs of your bed will prop your body up and stop you getting those things. Some people find a drink of milk helps to alkalize, uh, to neutralize the uh, stomach acid uh, with a, a mild alkali. Milk isn't really an alkali, but it's very mildly alkaline. Um, lots of things you can do there. Um, again, they're all worth a try and they're all worth uh, having a look at. Okay, so little by little, rather than a big hammer, when you're trying to cure things, look at one thing and then something else that helps a little bit and so on. Right, now, one of the other ways you can look after your own health is by having some sort of homemade health cabinet. Now, Amish families do this, they all have one. And uh, once upon a time, everybody did. So I've got here at the end a little list of things that you might try at home. Now, if this is a bit much to remember, um, you might like to look at the link at the bottom of this podcast, which will tell you where to find this. So let's look at a couple of these things and see if we can we can suggest some simple things that you might help. Let's talk about stress, first of all. Now, lots of people go to the doctors suffering from stress. And one of the things that can help with stress is just five minutes of silence. So if you're feeling stressed, take yourself off somewhere, sit in a room and try five minutes of silence. The other thing you might like to do if you're stressed is avoid tea and coffee. Just drink water, sip it slowly. At bedtime, a lot of people find taking a magnesium supplement helps them enormously. Magnesium is part of the normal diet and your body knows how to process it. It's not a dangerous drug. Try and take a form that doesn't cause you problems. Magnesium oxide I would recommend as being pretty helpful. Magnesium carbonate also. Try magnesium at night. It might help you wake up to stress. There are other herbs. Valerian is good for the short term. Okay, but don't don't take it all the time. Valerian is widely available uh, at health food stores. If you can't sleep, if you can't sleep, again, don't go to the doctor. Try first of all. Try and get fresh air and daylight in your day. If you sit at your desk at lunchtime, get up and have a walk outside in the sunshine, assuming the sun is shining. Avoid very rich food at bedtime and avoid tea and coffee. About three to four hours before you go to bed, avoid both of those. Again, magnesium and valerian might help with this. One of the things I learned long ago, if you have trouble getting to sleep, is to go for a walk about two hours before you go to bed. Now, it doesn't matter if you've got a dog, you can take the dog for a walk. They'd enjoy that, wouldn't they? Some of them even pricked up their ears then when they heard the word walk come in or... You know, you can do that. Again, it might involve you doing lots of things. Try and avoid things, foods that keep you awake. Sometimes 
Very acid food can keep you awake at night. Things like tomatoes and oranges. Try and avoid them. Keep a diary of the nights you slept. Uh, you slept badly. And then look at what you're eating that night and see if there's any tie-in there that you could use. Sleeplessness is one of those things. Um, period pains. Well, obviously, I don't talk from personal experience here, but a lot of people say that raspberry leaf tea will help. You should avoid that absolutely if you have any inkling at all that you may be pregnant. Now, if you're having period pains, that suggests you're not, but don't take it in pregnancy, raspberry leaf tea, but it helps. Sometimes other things help, other soothing teas will, will be good for you. Also, a hot water bottle, the old-fashioned idea of a hot water bottle and a cup of herbal tea might be the best things you can do for that. Again, if you go reaching for the powerful analgesics, you're probably going to be doing that every month. So you'll be worth out finding those 10 things that help a little bit. Uh, the position you sit in, all sorts of things like that might be useful to you. Nasal congestion. Again, one of the things that people go to the doctors with quite a lot. Um, try a hop pillow. What you need to do to get a hot pillow is buy some fresh hops. And if you're buying hops, make sure they're really, really fresh. And get some lavender and sew it into a small cotton sack so the dust doesn't come through the gaps. A, a sewn-up arm of an old t-shirt is fine. Um, and take it to bed with you. And you can find breathing that in will help. You also might find that essential oils, the kind of oils you get in Vicks Vapor Rub, will help with nasal congestion. Um, a drop of eucalyptus oil on the pillow, um, a little bit of Vicks Vapor Rub um, will help you. So again, don't go reaching for the powerful steroidal or antihistaminic uh, nasal drops if you can avoid them. What do you do if you get depressed? Well, we need to talk carefully here because I'm not talking about really serious depression, which requires a visit to the doctor. I'm talking about a low mood which is unnatural to you. Now, you might get into a low mood because you've just broken up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or you might have lost your dearest pet, or you may have lost your job, or you may fear losing your job, or maybe it's a time of year you find particularly difficult because that's the time of year you lost a family member in the past, or it's a time of year when the daylight is low. All of those things can dip your mood. And if that happens to you, you need to find a way to cope with it. Again, you can go to the doctor and get a hammer-like response to this, but do try these things first. Do try natural daylight. Get out for walks, even in the winter, even if there's snow on the ground, get out for a walk. Try to find triggers of your low mood and avoid them. If there are people that bring you down, if there is music that brings you down, if there's watching certain television programs that bring you down, try and make a list of music you like that uplifts you. Or television or films. If there's a film you really like, you can watch it time and time and time again. It's no problem. It's good for you to just lose yourself a little bit, enjoy yourself in a film or a good book or some music. You can try St John's work. Now, St John's Wort is available and all the tests that have been done on it show that it does have a very good effect on short-term depression. 
But be warned of these two things. One, St John's work can cause problems if you're taking hormones. So if you're taking hormone replacement therapy or if you're taking the oral contraceptive pill, St John's work can interfere with those. So you might want to talk about that with your doctor. Also, some people, when they take St John's work, go out in the sun and it, it gives them a skin issue. It photochemically reacts and makes their skin more sensitive to sunlight. So if it's in the middle of the winter and you're not taking any hormones, you're not out in the sun much, St John's work might help. Try them uh, as recommended. It depends on the dosage you've got. But try it for 10 days maybe and see what that does. Now, um, diarrhoea is one of those things, or loose bowel movements that can ruin your day absolutely rapidly. And it's one of those things that really can stop you going to work. Well, here's what to do. Uh, I just got to stop here and let a cat in. So there's a little bench outside where uh, the cats stand to look at me through the window. And the unwritten law is if I see them, or somebody sees them, they got to let them in. Well, I ignored that rule and, and I could see that cat, but I was busy talking with you, so I left it. And then the cat started cleaning the windows with her paws. And that's fine, except they're a bit muddy. So it's not such a good idea. Um, yeah, if you, if you do have diarrhea, what you can do is rehydrate with water and salt and avoid eating. Avoid eating for a few hours. Even if you're feeling hungry, the water, the salt, avoid eating, give your guts a break. They're having a rough time. If it gets bad, you will have to take something for it. I mean, the traditional thing when I was younger was arrowroot in water. Um, you can also try slippery elm. It's a great Native American remedy uh, for all kinds of gut ailments. And again, these things aren't absorbed by the gut, so they're not going to do you any harm. You might also try charcoal. Activated charcoal capsules, which should be in everybody's medicine cabinet. Take four or five of them and they will help with that. But if you can sit it out without eating, it depends what's causing the upset stomach. If it's something you've eaten, that's one thing. If you've got a, uh, a viral uh, gut disease or even a bacterial gut disease, then you've just got to spend a, a let time take its uh, healing ways with that. Indigestion, we've already spoken about. The old-fashioned way is bicarbonate of soda. That's sodium hydrogen carbonate, two others of you. In water with a drop of peppermint oil is pretty good. And I did speak about earlier about position of bed and all those things. Constipation is another issue that people go to the doctors with. And most of the time what you've got to do is to keep eating lots of fibre, high fibre diet. Change your white bread for wholemeal bread. Change your white pasta for wholemeal pasta. Change your rice for brown rice. Um, then it won't be a problem. Eat plenty of vegetables. Eat lots of fresh vegetables and fruit every day. And it won't be an issue. If it's an occasional issue because you've been travelling or something's gone wrong, um, you could try that old remedy prune juice. Um, prune juice has been used by generations for adults and children to relieve constipation. And it works because it gets through your bowel and then draws lots of moisture in. And before you know it, it's worked wonders. You could also try centipods. Now, the old-fashioned way was to buy centipods. They're the pods of a bean that have an irritant effect on the bowel and get it to work. 
You can get them in capsule form. If you're a real old time person who likes doing things the old ways, you can get yourself some senna pod and make some senna tea. Um, again, it will irritate your bowel and constipation will be a memory for you very soon. Bloating after eating. Um, again, charcoal tablets, peppermint. If you're getting this a lot, you, it might be something to do with a fructose intolerance that you might want to look at. Live yogurt eaten daily or any fermented food eating daily will reduce the instance of this eventually. And finally, in my roundup of those most common ailments is backache. And the thing about backache is it will get better. Try to keep moving. Advice in the old days for backache was to get bed rest and lay down. And all that does is make your backache worse because it locks your back into rigidity. Try and do everything you would normally do, but do it slowly. Okay, if you can't walk up straight, use a walking stick. Um, you can apply hot water bottle or a hot rub if you can get one of the in, in Britain they, and Ireland they sell a product called deep heat and they do sell in America but it's not the same product it's got a different formula the deep heat is a really hot rub other heat rubs are available and you rub it into your aching back and it does make a difference hot baths are good if you've got a bath a hot shower doesn't seem to help much but a hot bath does and while you're sitting there with your back ache and thinking how unlucky you are to have it, start thinking about how you do things and whether you are causing your own back ache by lifting things wrongly or by going out when it's chilly outside and not keeping your back well enough covered or um, maybe by just not wearing enough clothing on windy days and your muscles in your back get cold. And when your muscles start to hurt, that's it. A lot of people think backache is caused by bone. It is in a very few cases. But a lot of the time, it's the muscles that support those bones. And that's where exercise regime can help. Okay, that's all for today. I've spoken longer than normal, but there's a lot of things to get through. A link at the bottom where I've written down most of these things so you can read through them again. Do stay healthy. Do enjoy your simple lifestyle. And please, please, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you know anyone else that might be interested, pass the word on. That would be very, very good for me to have your help on this. It's been nice having you here and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Bye for now.